0: Music <laughs> Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast. It's going to be our first of position previews for Illinois football. It's Jeremy Warner and Joey Wagner of Illini Inquirer. And we could do this in like the backwards way and kind of go DBs first or specialists first, but we're gonna hit the position that is most important on the field. And despite my affinity for the big boys on the line of scrimmage, it is quarterback. And this has been a problem for Illinois football for a very, very long time. There's been a few good years, Brandon Peters in 19, Wes Lunt and Riley O'Toole in 2014. Wes had a couple good games in there, uh, but really since Nathan Schuhaus, this has been a problem position for Illinois where they have rotated quarterbacks, really relied on the transfer market here in past years. But for once, they have a little bit of stability, especially now with the super senior rule, extra eligibility. Brandon Peters returns for his third season as the Illinois quarterback. And, Joey, I think for the second straight year, there's no question, early the third straight year, there's no question who the starting quarterback will be for Illinois. And that's Brandon Peters. The question is, what are you getting out of Brandon Peters? Are you getting improvement? What can this staff with Brett Bielema and Tony Peterson get out of the 20, almost 24-year-old quarterback in Brandon?
1: You know, both of them kind of acted a little coy, like the quarterback position isn't completely decided who's going to start. You're right, it's Brandon. I think my question, what are you going to give? what do you need out of him in this offense, right? If the offense runs, and I know Brett Bielema, they've all said, you know, this isn't going to be a Wisconsin blueprint, right? But running the ball is going to be a big deal in this offense. I don't think anybody thinks they're going to come out and throw it 100 times a game. So what do you need out of Brandon Peters? I don't want to say a game manager, but I don't know that you need a superstar. And if you can get Brandon Peters in that six to eight, maybe seven to nine range in the Big Ten in terms of, you know, the best quarterbacks in the conference, that's probably a win for what we think they're gonna ask of him this year. Any more than that, that's that's a bonus. So stability and just managing what I think they need out of him are the biggest things and he's a veteran he's been around he's seen things he understands the speed of the game that helps that helps and especially now they might ask more of him than we've seen brett ask of his quarterbacks in the past that's very likely but I think just manage to what you think Brandon can be. And, and it's a pretty serviceable to maybe at times, like the Nebraska game, good Big Ten quarterback.
0: That's my biggest question about Brandon Peters. I know the staff we can talk about is trying to get more out of him vocally as a leader. And I do think he's been lacking at times. there. I think we saw towards the end of his junior year, the bowl game, you saw some... Uh, leadership by example, some toughness out of Brandon Peters, but then I think we see games where he's really lacking in that and that he can't dig his team out or, you know, if team's really struggling, it just kind of snowballs on him. For me, it's consistency with Brandon Peters. Uh, we've seen great moments out of him. You think back to the Wisconsin game in that fourth quarter, he made three big throws to set them up for a win. I thought Purdue and Rutgers, despite combining for nine completions in those two wins, uh, showed great poise and and did what he had to do, was a great game manager. And I use that as a term of endearment because he managed the team to wins when all they needed was to run the ball in those games and and get some takeaways on defense. Then the Michigan State game, I mean, that last 31 minutes, right, uh, where he threw a touchdown pass to Donnie Navarro and was electric the rest of that game, especially late in that game. And I thought he showed a lot of competitiveness there. But then you follow that up, um, you know, the Iowa game he got knocked out of through two interceptions, the Cal game and the bowl game, I thought he was f- solid. Uh, but last year, Wisconsin was awful. Then he misses three games due to COVID. Had his best performance, I think, as a quarterback at Nebraska. I thought he controlled that game. Yeah, Illinois got some breaks early on, but I just thought that was his best performance overall. And then Iowa comes out, I think completed his first eight passes, and you're thinking, whoa. What's going on with him? What's going on with his team? Maybe they'll turn around this season. And then he was awful the rest of the game against Northwestern 3 of 14. Penn State, he didn't even start, and he goes 0 for 4 when he played. Um, you got to have a consistency. I just want more consistent, solid game manager quarterback who can make some big throws every once in a while.
1: And I do wonder how much of this perpetual cloud of Isaiah Williams hanging over the quarterback position. Did that affect anything last year? Now, Art Stokowski comes in, I don't think that's the same cloud. That That's not a top two, four, seven kid who's ready, who everybody wants to see. I, I think that's different. And to your point, the, the Nebraska game last year, Michigan State in 2019, Wisconsin, he played with some swagger in those games. He was pointing to the scoreboard against Nebraska, he was pumping his fit. When you see that kind of outward energy about him, he's playing pretty good football, and I don't know if the coaching, I mean, obviously it's been a point to get them more vocal. Or are they looking at the same thing and saying, hey, man, when you're, when you're kind of trash-talking, loud, pumping, I mean, you play pretty good football, so that's
0: I- – And his team is inspired. I can tell you towards the end of that year there were important players on that team – who weren't really believing in him. And when Isaiah Williams came in, they felt uh, refreshed. They felt like they had a chance. Like, when that Penn State game came up and, and they said Isaiah was gonna play, like, internally, we didn't know that, but internally, they knew Isaiah Williams was gonna start. Like, that was a big part of that team coming out and playing well, as they believed they had a chance with Isaiah in the game. They gotta have that. Like, Brandon's gotta give these guys, you know, and there's certainly guys that believe in him. Like, Doug Kramer's really close friends with him, is a roommate with him, like, but last year there was a lack of faith at times in him and Brandon. Yeah and I think I'm
1: trying to put myself in Brandon's position is that's got to be hard that has got to be hard to to feel like you're always a play a missed throw an interception not really an interception I don't throw a lot of those but but just kind of a a slow stall drive away from from wondering if you're going to get the next drive and to be honest he kind of indicated that I don't say kind of he indicated that against Wisconsin last year he He was surprisingly, I would say, vocal in the sense of I did not know Isaiah was going to play that much. And I remember all of us in the press box like, oh, my, you know, we we didn't expect to hear that. Uh, So with kind of a clean slate, a new coaching staff, a system that is probably more designed for him than the previous one without having Isaiah there and now i say it's really more of an ally than anything now they got along right i mean everything we've heard but now it's like the guy can really help him in a different way will that change anything i don't know we're speculating at this point but i think it helps
0: yeah and i think we saw good early returns with this offense right it's a spring game against backup defensive players and most of them were third stringers and walk-ons right but he was great in that spring game i thought he looked fantastic and, and to your point Rod Smith, and I think Illinois and Lovey Smith were smart to get Brandon Peters. He certainly helped them get to a bowl game, but it was kind of a square peg in a round hole. I mean, Rod Smith had been successful with quarterbacks like Denard Robinson, Pat White, those kind of Khalil Tate, right, which was Isaiah Williams. And I thought last year that offense looked like it was flowing more when Isaiah Williams was in the game, even though it was late. Now you have an offense where what do they want? They want pro-style passers. They want game managers, and I use that term in a good way, guys who don't turn the ball over, and we know Brandon does that. Uh, brand has got to be more accurate. Is he going to be that in this offense? I think that will be the key for him moving forward. But the staff has asked him to be more vocal, and Tony Peterson has talked a lot about he's the quietest quarterback I've ever had. He's different than that. Um, but I think Brandon is a little bit more confident. Um, it's obvious it's his job. Art Sikowski is not gonna steal his job. Um, He's more there for relief help and maybe to be the heir apparent. We'll dive into art here in a little bit, but this is Brandon Peters job. And we know he looks the part. We know he has the tools. He's athletic for as big as he is. He's got a huge arm. He can make throws that a lot of the quarterbacks haven't. Now it's up to the staff and Brandon to meld that all together and, and kind of, you know, Finally, can Brandon Peters put it all together? Because he is a guy. I don't think he's going to be drafted, but he is a guy NFL teams are looking at because he's got the tools to do it. He just hasn't done it do it consistently in the field. Yeah,
1: look, I'll say there have been quarterbacks in the NFL with fewer tools physically than Brandon Peters has, who has at least stuck around and got a couple chances. Now, again, I don't think he's going to be drafted, but. Tony Peterson also has a history of these one-year, well not one-year wonder, that, that takes away from what Brandon did in 2019 and in the past, these one-year kind of give-it-all-you-got type of seasons. and, and
0: Jeff Driscoll being Jeff a one Jeff
1: and, and I think Gardner mentioned before he went to yeah. Washington State, um, so, so just kind of that ability to quickly connect, get all the pieces in order quickly, and go for 12 or 13 games and, and just see what you've got. and. We'll see. I mean, look, it may not happen, right? Like, it might be the third or fourth week of the season. It's like, all right, well, Art looked better at Rutgers last year and the year before, so this is a chance. But I think there are signs to think that Brandon can be what this offense needs this year and and be serviceable and manage the game and maybe make a couple throws that put them in a really good position.
0: All right, we come back, let's talk about what is behind Brandon, what is in the future at this position because there's going to be a lot of turnover. There has been a lot of turnover in this quarterback room. We'll talk about the backups coming up next on the On Enquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. this quarterback room is going to look a lot, of di- lot different in two years, and it's already looked a lot of different. Uh, Isaiah Williams has moved to wide receiver, which most people recruited him as. We'll dive more in Isaiah at wide receiver uh, and making a big impact there. But that's your backup quarterback who changes positions. Um, you've also had Karan Taylor, who had some nice moments against Purdue, some bad moments against Purdue, and some bad moments against Minnesota. But he moves to defensive back and at safety, saw him practicing there today. So Matt Robinson is a holdover. Deuce Span is a holdover. You've added Samari Collier who signed with the last staff, but they added their backup. Uh, they went to the transfer portal, which I thought they would, and they landed a multi-year guy, three years of eligibility, and Art Sikowski who has, uh, was a very highly ranked prospect for Rutgers. I uh, had a bunch of offers as a junior in high school, Kind of cool though, IMG Academy didn't start. Um, somebody who went to Minnesota started over him. It was a walk on Zach Anikstad, uh, started some games in Minnesota as a true freshman, and, and I believe it's still there as a, as a backup. But Art had a terrible freshman year at Rutgers, was thrown into the fire, Four touchdowns, 18 interceptions. It's one of the worst statistical years we've seen out of a Power 5 quarterback in recent memory. But the last two years was a solid backup for them. Uh, Four touchdowns to two interceptions. Completion rate went way up. Um, Didn't light light it up out there, but uh, he did give them a chance in some games, including last year and a couple wins. So he gives them a lot of Big Ten experience. 15 starts. Big arm. Six foot five. 225. He looks the part. It's, again... Can Tony Peterson, like out of this other Big Ten transfer, can Tony Peterson in this system get the most out of Art and does a change of scenery help him? It's a lot of similarities to Brandon.
1: Yeah, there are. The big difference to me is he's got a year that he can just be an under-the-radar guy, we think, provided Brandon is healthy and, and consistent enough to not have to make a change, which I think is my expectation on that front. So then Art can just lay back with Tony Peterson, learn, pick Brandon Peters' brain, see how all of this operates in this system, and then come in next year and be the guy, and then maybe be the guy for two years until what we think probably expect Donovan Leary to take over in that role recruited by the staff. This is good for Art. The the best, it's got to be hard to carry that freshman year, right? Like, for as much as I'm sure, we haven't talked to him. I don't think he he was doing many interviews when he committed to Illinois. We haven't, he has not been made available to us yet. But man, that has got to be a hard weight to carry around with you. So the best thing for me, if you're Art, lay low and then in a year if you go out there people say wasn't that the kid from rutgers in 18?" i believe it must have been that's not bad and then just kind of reinvent yourself for a year maybe really a year and a half two years just off the grid a little bit under the radar
0: i get the skepticism when he was uh you know illinois added him But I do think he was put in a position to fail at Rutgers. A true freshman, barely played uh, at IMG Academy, right, as a senior in high school. And then he's the starter right away for a Big Ten team, thrown out there against Ohio State uh, one of his first games. Um, That's incredibly tough, and it's not surprising what happened. He didn't have a lot of help at Rutgers. This was before even Bo Melton uh, turned into a really good Big Ten wide receiver. So if you want to put all that season, cloud your entire view, okay, but I do think you got to look at the film the last couple years, and while I wasn't blown away, there are things that I really liked, and I could see why Tony Peterson and Brett Bielema said, hey, this guy can help us, whether it's depth for this year and if Brandon has an injury history, three concussions in college, um, and you never know if quarterback can go down, you got to have somebody else that you think can help you win, and Sikowski is not going to be – afraid of the moment he's he's been a big 10 quarterback before so I think this year it helps a lot and at least gives you an option next year that you think hey there's still a high ceiling with this guy he's got a lot of similarities physically to Brandon Peters Um, Rutgers guys have raved about him and his personality and you know his, his leadership and all those things so it makes a lot of sense we'll see where he is in a year or two we'll see if he has to play this year but I do think he really helps this year's depth and gives you an option next year that you feel like hey this guy maybe we got to add another transfer maybe donovan leary can come in and compete right away but i feel a lot better with art Sikowski in your room the next couple years than i would have without him and isaiah williams changing positions
1: you know with, with the 2018 what i always come back to is remember 2017 for illinois football it was terrible right you're putting freshmen and sophomores out there mostly freshmen against adults in the big 10. now do that yeah, just
0: to remind people that was chase crouch gets hurt uh, Jeff George comes in, uh, Cam Thomas at one point had to play, and they had to move Trenard Davis from wide receiver to quarterback just as an emergency guy.
1: Yeah, so one, the rooms come quite a ways from that. But remember all the freshmen on the offensive line and on the defense and people thought they're just overmatched. They were. Now put the ball in their hands every single play after really not playing much as a senior at IMG. And, that's, and by the way, there's no one around you who can even bail you out of anything. Now, the stats speak for themselves. That's a tall order, man. That, that is a lot to ask of somebody. So I, I'm with you. I think maybe it doesn't work out here. Maybe, he's, maybe that's who Art Sikowski is. And then it's entirely possible. Or maybe Tony Peterson has time to, to fix this and get him right and looks at these physical tools. You can't, you can't make up physical tools. I mean, that, those exist. And for as much as I like Matt Robinson, and we'll talk about him shortly, this is probably an upgrade over him as a backup quarterback and that's that's all you can ask for. I mean the backups are always the most popular guy but now your backup's a wide receiver yeah. so th- th- this is fine. You hope you don't have to use them but in terms of a backup it's it's strictly as right now what we know it's fine.
0: I've always been a fan of Matt Robinson, Um, kind of an under-recruited guy, uh, doesn't have the greatest physical tools at the Big Ten level, right? He had FCS offers, uh, maybe some low-level FBS offers as well. Um, And I loved him his first camp, and it was like, hey, this kid's got a little bit of an it factor. And, you know, that Michigan game, he did have a little bit of an X uh, X factor. But after that, kind of saw he was limited, right? The Northwestern game really stands out. of it. He wasn't able to do a lot. He didn't have a lot of help either. Uh, but if Matt Robinson's is my third quarterback, I feel okay. Like I feel like if I have to put him in there, maybe in this offense with, with improved weapons, a running game, an offensive line, I might have a chance to compete. But your defense has to take a big step forward. But he's obviously limited uh, physically by some of the things he can do. But he is a good athlete. He's got Big Ten experience. That's not a terrible situation as your third quarterback. When we get after that, That's where the questions start to come in for me. Deuce Span, unbelievable athlete. I thought in the previous offense, just as a runner, he could be electric, but he was really raw as a passer, and that has proven to be the case so far in the little we have seen in camp. Accuracy is a huge problem for Deuce Span. I think that's going to be a real impediment to him making an impact at that position at Illinois. I can see him eventually. Being a guy who changes position, just a wide receiver, six foot four, track athlete, really fast. Samari Collier is an interesting one because the last staff, like it seemed like they were hot and cool on him at some times, but he signs with Illinois, didn't have any other Power Five offers, but played at DeSoto, where he was, you know, that's a high powered offense, high level of football in Texas, had great seasons there. Um, so it's coming from an offense, uh, under an offensive coordinator who, who was at the. Division one level as an offensive coordinator, and he's got a really strong arm, and I think he fits this offense better than Deuce Span. So it wouldn't surprise me if Samari Collier rises up the depth chart a little bit, um, but I don't expect either Samari Collier or Deuce Span to be in the plans this year and probably not next year.
1: Right. Quickly about Matt Robinson, Jeremy, there was a point in the 2018 camp he was competing with A.J. Bush and M.J. Rivers. M.J. and Matt were both through freshmen. I remember there was a little buzz among us watching camp, like, could match because it it felt like AJ was going to win and he did and and understandably but there was a point maybe the first week 10 days where you're like wait a minute here maybe this kid could could I don't know I thought he could win the job at one point then you thought could he be the backup I mean he's a, a Third quarterback's a great spot for Matt Robinson in the Big Ten. Higher than that if he maybe were to elect at some point to move down a level, but right now, good for him. I- I'm with you on Deuce. I- Accuracy is really going to hurt him moving forward. Maybe time with Tony Peterson helps that, but the- I get why Ron Smith wanted him, and I get why they were excited to get him. It's just a different offense. You have to do different things and utilize different skill sets in a different way. Samari's interesting. I mean, I, I you know he-, he wasn't recruited by this staff, but his arm's real.
0: He's got a big old arm on him. And Reminds me of MJ Rivers a lot. Yeah. Uh, maybe not quite as tall, but he's, he's big, he's stout, he's a solid athlete, and he's got a big arm. It's just, can, can he harness all those things?
1: Right, and again, the good news for Illinois, you don't need him to right now. You probably don't need him to next year. You probably don't need him to the year after that. So there's time with him in the system a little bit that, that I think can, if you're going to get out of stuff out of him, I think you can get it out of him in a few years. But I don't expect either one of the two to
0: make much of an impact for the next two years or maybe even further than that. As we wrap up this pod, as all these <laughs> great golf carts run by us, I want to talk a little bit about the future of this position because Brandon Peters is here for one more year. You have Art Sikowski, who's here for potentially three. But I don't know if, I, I'm not comfortable with just Art Sikowski next year unless he comes in the, this year and it is unbelievable. I think there's more turnover coming to to this room, and I I would expect Illinois to be involved in the transfer portal yet again next year. I know Donovan O'Leary is coming in. I'm not expecting a true freshman to be a factor for you. Um, I know there's some hype about him, and I think he's got an interesting long-term future, and obviously Tony Peterson really likes him. There's a lot of tools uh, in that quarterback, but... I would not be shocked if Illinois is very involved in the transfer market next year, gives Sikowski a little bit of competition, gives you more depth, gives you potentially a higher ceiling at the position as well. So the way I look at this position is not like, okay, it's Art, Donovan Leary, Matt Robinson, and Samari Collier next year. I think there's still an addition to be made uh, to that room, and I think it most likely comes from the transfer portal, where if Brandon has a really good year and Illinois – you know, has a solid year, maybe they're really attractive to somebody who's just looking for an opportunity.
1: Yeah, the transfer, especially with the one-time deal, right, like you can go and get somebody with a few years, and you have to wonder, are are there going to be roster crunches across college football that maybe make somebody who wouldn't have been available, but now is available, available, and and that is a good position for Illinois to be in. Eventually, though, this future has got to stop with the one- or
0: two-year rentals. You've got to have does it though? I mean, well. I mean, this is kind of the way college football has been going, where you get transfers, and maybe they're guys for two or three years, or, or one or two years. But um, you know, like obviously Georgia's. Had a lot of guys transfer out, but they still have good quarterback play. They keep adding transfers. Like I don't I'm not opposed to that. I don't I don't think there's gonna be a lot of teams that have four year starting quarterbacks. So if the media transfer rule and a guy transfers after his freshman or sophomore year, I'm I'm open to that revolving door at, at this position. And that's what's great about Illinois, is they they've struggled to develop that guy. I mean, their quarterbacks recently who have been solid for them. Lunt and uh, Brandon Peters and A.J. Bush had had a solid year for them. So I think that's the way it's kind of gone in college football. It's just Illinois needs to upgrade uh, on the transfers they've been getting.
1: Sure. My, I guess I had gone with those one-year. The one-year transfers aren't aren't helping anybody, I, I suppose, unless you're really just one quarterback away from making noise. That's not been Illinois' case. I understand the hype about Donovan Leary. But I think if you are excited about the possibility of a true freshman coming in and making an impact, it's time to reevaluate where to be. And that's it's, it's, to, it's time to
0: stop that. It's, yeah. it, Illinois can't rely on a true freshman quarterback to come in unless unless there's some you know Jacob Beeson type, Justin Fields type, but they're not getting those
1: guys. Right, and I think you probably don't want to rely on a true freshman if you're a fan, right? If you're putting your eggs in that, you've got to ask where the rest of the program is because that's just not an ideal spot to be. It's okay, especially in football. I know there's so many people excited about the freshmen, and there are really important freshmen out there who are impact. It's okay to let them nurture themselves a little bit in the system and not have to rely on them. And then in two years say, oh, yeah, that was the kid. That's okay, especially at this position.
0: All right, so that's the quarterbacks. Um, I think long-term this is a position they still need to upgrade. And short-term, You know, last year they had the worst passer efficiency rating uh, among Big Ten quarterbacks. They got to improve. This is still a position that's a huge question mark for me um, and and one that I think at least you know you have a couple guys with a lot of experience. What combined, uh, Brandon Peters and Art Sikowski have more than 30 starts of Big Ten experience at uh, Michigan and Rutgers, so at least you know you have that. And now we'll see what can Tony Peterson get out of him. Um, huge X factor, Tony Peterson this season and this offense, what they can bring out of these two quarterbacks. All right, that'll wrap it up for our quarterback primer. Stay tuned, we'll have more positions as we go forward, including the running backs primer. One of the best positions on the team. Coming up on the Online Enquirer podcast. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Online Enquirer podcast.